0: I think like my, my goal going into each project is very personal, and it's, I think, very therapeutic for me as well in being able to help create this connection and help create this dialogue, and maybe a dialogue that might not always be pushed, and how can I help the audience see things differently without telling them to see things differently? This is episode 38 with Geneva
1: Peshka, and we are talking about the importance of storytelling and the beauty of human connection. You're listening to Chats with Kat, where I catch up with my fellow millennials every week to share their journey of self actualization, overcoming fear, and paving the way for a soul's purpose to shine through. Let's start that right here, right now. The stories we tell literally make the world. If you want to change the world, you need to change your story. This truth applies both to individuals and institutions. That is a quote by Michael Margolis. Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chats with Cat. I hope you're all doing great. I am in such a fantastic mood right now. I feel so rooted in the purpose of this show and wanting to push this forward and Helping as many of you that I possibly can, and quite frankly, it's an honor to have a platform that allows me to share your stories. You know, um, this is this is everything. This is life. I feel like, in a lot of ways, this is one manifestation of what I was born to do, and that is super exciting. Before we get into this week's episode, which is going to be another interview with another amazing woman. I wanted to put something out into the world that I've been thinking about, and I haven't put out a solo episode for quite some time, and that's because I've obviously had so many amazing women to talk to, but there's something that I've been thinking about, and I want to just get it off my chest because I have a feeling that a lot of you have also been thinking about this in one way, in, in some shape or form. And You know, when we begin the journey of choosing to align ourselves with our soul's purpose, oftentimes we begin to realize that unfortunately many people that we love and cherish are not. And that hurts. It hurts to realize that they aren't on their way to, you know, becoming their best selves. And it's not to say that they never will, but they just aren't at the same time that you're embarking on your own journey. Often we'll try to kickstart their journeys. We'll recommend books and podcasts and, you know, try to take them to workshops and turn to all the resources that have helped us in hopes that it will also help our loved ones. And they don't take to it all the time. And I just want to say and put out that it's okay to choose yourself. You know, you are the only person that is responsible for your energy and the work that you were born to do. And you cannot do that for other people. And with that said, it's also normal for you to begin to shift your attention from people who no longer have similar interests with you and that you don't have compatibility with to those who are on a similar path that you're on. It doesn't mean that you are abandoning anybody, but it means that you're choosing yourself. It means that you are trying to level up that you are trying to raise the vibes with people who are going through it too who are choosing to go through the nitty-gritty of figuring out what the hell they're meant to do on this planet and are actively trying to build something of substance and quite frankly you know it's not everybody it's a small percentage of people who are doing that so if you're one of those people Obviously, it makes sense for you to align yourself with the very few people who understand what you're going through as well. And it may feel like shit sometimes when you have to leave people behind or when you start to allocate less time to them. But I mean, it's only right that you do that because you need to fill your cup. We're all looking to fill our cups when we're with others. And this is inevitable. And it's something that we do unconsciously. So if you ever feel like you are no longer filling your cup in the presence of someone, whether it be a friend, a family member, a partner, or whatever, you are well within your right to choose yourself. And that's what I had to say. Because it's something that I'm reconciling with right now. And that's a conclusion that I came to. And I hope that if this is something that's been rattling your mind, or if you find yourself in the midst of making some kind of transition, or if you've been pondering on whether or not you are a bad friend for allocating more time to yourself or to p- new people that you've met who you just click with then I hope that you receive that message very clear and now that that is out of the way I am stoked to introduce this week's guest Geneva Peshka. Geneva is the community manager for the Wings Dumbo location that's where I met her and she is a super super sweet woman Above all, she's an amazing documentary filmmaker and she's passionate about the power of human connection, sharing authentic stories, and creating platforms to empower others, which warms my heart. My goodness, we need geneva in this world and i'm so glad that she (laughs) aligned herself with you know what she was meant to do throughout our chat we discuss how she transitioned into documentary production after deciding to make a huge career pivot and the inspiration behind her deep desire to storytell along with obviously the power of human connection which she sees so clearly we covered quite a lot of ground in this chat and geneva dropped some gems So, as always, if there's any advice or messages shared in the show that you think someone that you know could really benefit from, make sure to share this episode with them. Without any further delay, here is my chat with Geneva. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Chats with Cat. I am here with a lovely guest, Geneva Peshka. Hey, <laughs> thanks for <laughs> sitting down to chat with me tonight.
0: Thank you for the invitation. Of
1: course. How could I not? You are amazing. I'm so like excited to just show you off to everybody what? at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so for those of um, my audience who have not heard of you or come across your work, can you give them a bit of insight
0: into who you are? So many things to say. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am a creative and I'm a Canadian-American. I'll just put that out there. Very proud of where I come from. Um, but I'm a, ca- I'm a creative and I'm a documentary filmmaker. So I love to just create content and concepts and different ways to help people look at the world.
1: Yes, that's a great way to encapsulate it. What attracted you to storytelling
0: through documentaries and film? Such a great question. Um, I grew up in the arts from a young age, was like in art elementary school and high school and always had an outlet and just really loved having that release of just like emotion and imagination and also had a real passion for production. And as I got older, I kind of dabbled in different areas in animation in commercial production and an opportunity came up to help share a story of someone very dear to me through making a documentary, and it occurred to me that this was the most incredible way to create was like bringing arts and production together, but more importantly, the thing that I didn't touch on is um, my passion for humanity and my passion for connection, human connection and And, like, I had just, like, as a child and even now, like, I just love speaking with people and hearing about them and connecting. And and it was just this, like, excuse. I'm like, wait a minute. I get to connect with people and, like, help tell their stories and share it with the world in a beautiful um, visual way. It just, it was a dream come true. So I kind of came about it, came about, like, figuring out that that's what I wanted to do, I would say, about four years ago. Hmm. Yeah.
1: How do you, I mean, like... I watch so many documentaries and I oftentimes don't really think about the people behind the scenes. Like I'm just like, you know, in like kind of digesting whatever it is that I'm being shown, but I never really think about what it's like for the person to actually film it and produce it and come up with a concept. So now that I have you here and like you are the closest that I will get, how do you pick the stories that you want to bring to life? How do you choose?
0: Well, I think in many ways, the stories pick you, right? Like it's, quite often um, you're attracted to your interests. So the things that I want to make documentaries about are, are deeply connected to the people that, are surround, that I'm surrounded by. Their stories, things that I've experienced myself, um, and wanting to share you know, those stories. So it's, it's usually something that has a deep connection for me and, and wanting to be able to share that dialogue or that narrative or someone else's narrative to the world and help kind of create change. Mm. I love that. That's, that's so, um, that's so authentic
1: then. And I think that's, I mean, I've seen some of your pieces, like some of your projects I saw, um, a bit of unspoken and woman, and it just comes across so clear to me that this is something that you are doing because there is a real passion behind it. And like, there is, a, um, a real, I guess, understanding of the, the importance of trying to tell the story. And what you do is that you really do an a amazing job of highlighting other people.
0: What is your goal going into each one? I think like my, my goal going into each project is very personal, and it's, I think, very therapeutic for me as well um, in being able to help create this connection and help create this dialogue and maybe a dialogue that might not always be pushed and how can I help um, the audience see things differently without telling them to see things differently I think people can come up to come are more likely to come to their own conclusions when we don't tell them how to feel and we can just show them how to feel right or just like show them through emotion and you know I, I hope that these pieces or anything that I work on or help work on um, help create a a greater understanding of each other and humanity and connection. We're in a really interesting place right now um, in America and in the world. I think some people are very frightened, um, rightfully so, but we've got also a really great opportunity to connect with one another and really push for dialogue for us all to, to be heard, and to support each other in that. So this is kind of like, I'm, I'm hoping that this will be kind of even, anything I work on will be a bit of a push in that direction in making the audience see that and remember that. Mm-hmm. I can totally see that come through. I'm curious to know
1: how it is that you remove yourself from these. How do you not manipulate it to go along with maybe something that you want them to say, if that
0: ever comes up? How do you keep it pure? I think collaboration is a really important thing definitely first of all like whether in front of the camera or you're collaborating with someone behind the camera um I choose not to do camera work or learn how to do camera work or editing because if I did no one would ever see me and I think the stories could possibly turn out completely different like I could end up in a a black hole you know (laughs) like Mm. not in like a not in a not in a ever in a malicious way or anything like that but I think by working with other people you see your blind spots and you can constantly have conversations and that's important to not just behind the camera but in front of the camera and like leading an inter- leading a conversation or like listening sorry um to whoever you're you're speaking with in an interview and giving them space to say everything that they want to say right you know like and honoring that and really creating that environment for them to have a platform to not only um, answer the questions but also maybe leave it open to is there anything else you want to add right like always making sure that someone is is heard um, and that they're they're a part of the collaboration I think is really really important you got to check yourself all the time because like ego's real you can be the most pure individual and I think you know I definitely try to be as pure as possible as you know I think we all strive to be better people but your ego is always gonna get in there whether it's fear um, you know a judgment whatever it might be so surrounding yourself by other people and um, pushing for collaboration and conversation is the best thing I think especially when you're creative something and you're trying to create a different dialogue because um, you're gonna it's also like a personal journey you're gonna grow through that because it's also very hard but it's the most rewarding right the piece at the end is just going to be really beautiful and really authentic and then I think there's also there's growth in that for you as well absolutely yeah absolutely can you um take us on
1: the journey of how you actually begin to realize that this is something that you have the capacity to do because I feel like Oftentimes, a lot of people have ideas and they're like, oh, that would be great. And then they're just like, that would be great. And then they just leave it there. And then there's people like you and others who are like, well, this is a really good idea. And I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but I'm going to figure it out. How did you decide that this is something that you're interested in and you are actually going to pursue it and you are going to learn how to bring all of
0: these things to life? Gotta think about that for a second. <laughs> it's it's that's a really like a, a really powerful question because um, I don't really think about it that often, and I think like I just I've just always had this need for survival, and that goes back to like childhood, and um, my mom just like really instilling in me at a young age that um, there's always a way. You know, I came from, like, a single, my mom was a single mom of three kids. We didn't have a lot. We grew up on welfare. But there was always a way. And in in learning that at a very young age, um, it might have been intimidating because she was so badass. And I was like, there's no way I can ever be like her. She always figures everything out. Like, you know, um, I'm so sensitive. Like, I, you know, and wishy-washy. I'm a Pisces. but we've got big hearts yes (laughs) (laughs) um that I think over the years and through like all the tests that I went through that at the time seemed like these moments of like oh my god why me yeah why does this have to be so hard um why do I keep getting these no's or why do I keep getting turned down why do I have to go through all of this rejection and I think that that was really hard, but that was also probably one of the most important things for me to go through, or I think anyone to go through, um, because it it built resilience, because there was this like beauty in the breakdown. I learned that I could still go on. So, taking that from like whatever your life experience is, whether you lose a job, you get your heart broken, you're going through a divorce, you know, like anything. It was just like remembering that you can still go on. And in doing that, I knew I'd always been creative and I'd always love, like my mom, my mom always tells me about how I used to like orchestrate these like plays at Christmas time and like get my cousin involved. And I would like write it, direct it, star in it and freak out on her when like she wouldn't get the the lines right. And she was like four years old. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but like I was always, I was always, always creating. And I think, um, I moved to New York eight years ago from Canada. My dad's American. So I, I was very fortunate enough to, um, to have it a little easier than some people coming over here. Um, I came here with an objective, and I didn't know how the hell I was going to do it. But I came here, and I was like, I'm going to follow my dream of being a creative and really jumping into that role and what that looked like and had, like, an animated series that I created, and I started pitching. And I had no idea what I was doing. I just knew that I loved the idea, and I knew it was important, and I'd have to figure it out. And like, I just kept asking, asking questions along the way, you know, sending emails to people like, heads of like, networks <laughs> and like, not getting answers or getting like, no, sorry, we don't have time for you. But then also getting, oh sure, we would love to see what you're working on. Why don't we jump on a call? You know, like getting like all that rejection and then having these like little moments of like, sure, yeah, I would love to give you opportunity. Come meet with me was really exciting and it, it gave me a little bit of like fire, right? Yeah. I didn't have a specific structure. I just knew that if I wanted to be true to myself and my passion and live the life I wanted to live in a creative sense and have that outlet, um, I just had to keep going and you have to keep going. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was there at any point a
1: career pivot? Like, were you doing something before and then realized like, I have to
0: just uproot and do what I was meant to do? Well, my whole move to New York was that. I think I had a lot of things going on in my life back in Canada and just had this realization that I wasn't really living my life and I wasn't really being true to myself. And I wanted to, I'd always wanted to move to New York and it was such a terrifying idea, and I planned for two years. I had three jobs. Um, I worked at a restaurant, I worked at a nightclub, and I also worked at a spa. Um, and I did everything I could to um, to get here. And I knew I needed to have like I needed to hustle, and nothing was you know like nothing should ever be beneath you to follow your dream, right? Absolutely. So I had three jobs, saved money to get here, had that focus. I think a lot of my friends were like, oh, you're not going to go to New York. That's crazy. But then, you know, I had, like, my diehard friends that were like, yes, girl, yes, Mm -hmm. like, get out of here. Like, follow your dream. And so, like, I just just made that happen. And then so, like, I was technically, you know, before I moved to New York, I knew – I needed to have these types of jobs, you know, waitressing, of course, and working at a bar, you can make great tips. So that was going to say I was going to be able to save money to move to New York. And when I moved to New York, the whole goal was to change my career, was to step into my truth and start um, building the life of being a creative in whatever sense that was and what that was going to look like. And so when I moved here, I started doing that. And, you know, you get these, like, odds and, like, these jobs kind of, like, here and there. I started off as a high fashion casting associate, which was also a crazy job that literally landed in my lap. It was just, like, it was so meant to be. It was ridiculous. Like, the story is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, And then I started working at a production company. But I was managing the office um, as the office manager. But that also gave me the opportunity to learn all aspects, Yeah. right? Whether it was um, helping out with creative, um, coming up with ideas, help, like again, helping out with creative, um, working on pitch decks, working directly with the directors, assisting the directors. And like, you know, you kind of get, instead of being down on the fact that like that was like, I was like, oh my God, you know, why am I doing this, blah, blah, blah. Why am I not like out on these shoots? And like, there was a purpose for all of it. Exactly. And then, you know, and then I came um, came about um Emma who I had known her and her family very well since I had moved to New York. You know, her story started kind of like just it was just so eye opening that the opportunity came from there. So you you could do what you've gotta what you gotta do to get to where you wanna be. And you know, like now like I'm still you know, I work full time And then I also work on my documentary work and maybe at some point I'll just be fully working on my documentary work, but, and that will be great. But, um, I really like the balance of the life that I have now because it's, it's also, it also includes me building community and I'm building community in the documentary world as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's a
1: great overlap. It's perfect. It's perfect. Um, so you mentioned Emma and, I think that's a great segue into talking more about your your piece with her, your project with her, Unspoken, which was extremely eye-opening to me. And um,
0: yeah, I would just, you know,
1: I'll let you take it from here. I'm just like kind of at a loss for words at, at what you were able to create.
0: Thank you. And it was three of us. It was me, Emma, um, who co-directed the film and starred in it. It's her story. And my very dear friend, Julia, Julia Niao, who also co-directed it with us. I did the producing, and Julia did the cinematography. So um, it was an incredible experience. I met Emma literally the day after I moved to New York City. Wow! And um, I w- I was babysitting the family. It was summertime. The family needed some support for their eight-year-old daughter who was out of school, and I was babysitting on a part-time basis. And got to know her and her family very well they they became a a solid constant base for me and I think that's really important and I was really lucky to have that moving to a new city like the next day having something that became very familiar yeah and um you know she was eight years old just like this like ray of sunshine and um she has autism and she's an autistic teenager now and she you know, didn't have a lot of language, um, you know, me, I don't know if I can like categorize, but, but maybe like that of like a, maybe um three-year-old or four-year-old. Um, and she's just this incredible young girl and her parents, um, are this, inc- she just has the most incredible family. I just have to say that, like, and her, she has a, a brother as well, most beautiful, loving family. And I, I got to be an outsider and witness, um, the progress that was happening and, and, and in her life and at the age of 11, um, her parents found this woman who does this form of communication where she does a lesson plan and then has you respond to the questions pointing to why for yes and for no on a stencil board and then if you can uh, point out a full, um, spell out a full word on the stencil board or a sentence, you go ahead and do so and if you can um, type unfacilitated um, your responses as well, you go and do s- you go ahead and do so and, and in, in doing this, they learned that Emma had taught herself how to read and write, but couldn't verbalize it. And that she was a poetic genius. Um, and this was just, this was incredible to kind of be on the outside to see this. And it was really eye opening. I think we, as much as I want to say, I am a very, you know, I strive to constantly be really open can't help but sometimes like our society is built on judgment really right yeah um so there were so many lessons being learned on like on judgment and capability and i on my end and i think just like having the opportunity to get to rethink everything and a reminder to rethink everything um like she's one of the most incredible human beings i've ever met my life And, like, side note, like, before I get to, like, the rest of this, to be able to help share her spirit and her message is an honor. And it's such a reminder of um, why we're here. Exactly. So I, um, I saw all this unfolding, and I was like, oh, my God, people need to know about this. Like, they need to know her story because it's, like, of course it's, like, a a different narrative that we should really be pushing about autism um and rethinking our labels in general but also this great reminder of humanity and why we're here and the importance of connecting and things aren't always as they seem exactly and so i um her and her mom and, uh, you know, the support of her family, of course, like she, they started advocating across North America, doing presentations and keynote presentations, advocating for human rights and self-advocacy and the importance of allowing people to communicate and speak for themselves. And I knew that her story needed to be told and I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I, um, I approached her and asked her if um, she wanted to make a film. And what was really important for me uh, being um, a woman and a person of color was like really recognizing how hurtful it's been when my dialogue has been told by other people. That uh, I did not want to move forward in my work or in my life doing that. So it only seemed right to ask her to co-direct the film and have a uh, final sign off. Yeah, And she was 12 at the time. So um, she came on board. Um, my very talented and amazing friend, Julia Niao, came on board as um, a co-director and cinematographer. Her work is amazing. And it was it was like a dream come true. It, had to happen that way and the story I don't think um could have been shared in the way it did if we didn't all have that connection. There was this level of like familiarity and love and support and her parents and her brother were just like incredible. You know, we had to be like very cognizant of like this is also a 12-year-old young girl, right? Yeah. So we started making the film with her and we planned it out. She was involved in like what kind of things she wanted shot, what she didn't want shot, what she wanted celebrated because she's very aware of, of how people are presented. And she, her life is beautiful. Like she's like one of, the, she's a, literally a ray of sunshine. She's like, she's awake. I, mm-hmm. I often think of like how we're not. You know, we're just, like, we're just, like, robots. Yeah. And But she's, like, in this, she's, like, pre- she's present. So we started making the film. Um, she was involved in, like, the planning of it. Um, and also, of course, post-production. She was in the edit sessions. She was in the color sessions. She was in the sound sessions giving notes, pointing things out that we weren't seeing. Like, wow. you know, these shots need to be warmer. Da-da-da. And you're sitting there just kind of, like, oh my God, she's 14 and this is her first film. How does she know how to do this? Yeah. (laughs) Right. But, you know, it was just like this incredible, incredible experience. And it only seemed right to have somebody tell their own story and to have her tell her own story. And it was just like, you know, it was, we took our time. It was about a three year process. Um, But that was important. It was like, how can it not be invasive in everybody's life? Like, I was working full time, Julia was working as well, you know. Emma's going to school. Her mom is you know like everybody we had to be like very cognizant of like every everyone's schedule. And um but in doing so we took our time and we did it right. Exactly. And we had so many incredible people, like everyone that's part of this project, it's like this blessing. So many people came on board, believed in it, believed in us. Um Gave us their time for free or like heavily discounted. We were really, really lucky. a Good friend of mine, John Rubenstein, um, owns a talent uh, company at, for literary and Hollywood talent, and he, you know, he was like, "Let me share your trailer with some people and some good friends." And um, you know, he had some, he had a great network, and just felt he's like, "Let me see how I can help you guys make get this made," and it ended up coming across um uh Vera Farmiga who's an academy award nominated actress and her husband who's a producer and musician Ren Hockey they're beautiful human beings they heard about the story through him and they were just like we really want to help support this beautiful story and help create change and like three women uh, you know and a female trio making a film yes we need more of this yeah so um they really helped push our Indiegogo campaign and it just like it blew up because of them and mm-hmm. like and everybody else but like they pushed it on social which I'm so grateful for and then eventually came on board as our executive producers Wow. but this like all started with an idea exactly with a lot of no's mm-hmm. and you yeah. haven't made a film before getting all those no's and then getting to a point where you just keep your head down you just keep going and now four years later
1: yeah, you guys premiered it. Did you premiere it at South by?
0: We premiered it at the 40th Mill Valley Film Festival, just outside of San Francisco, in October, um, and then we screened it at South by Southwest Edu. I mean, and now you're yeah. going to. I'm going to go to Ken this weekend. So, and you know, like the the hope and the main goal is Emma's story is so beautiful and so powerful and eye opening. I'm biased, obviously, but I, you know, we've I gotten, believe some, it. I believe <laughs> we've gotten some really great, yeah. like, um, really great feedback. It's been very powerful. And, um, it's like that one to date. If there's something that I'm the most like proud of is this really like by far, because mm-hmm. it's, it only took three years. Like it took three years and like we weren't getting paid, and you know, it's like I was working full-time, and doing this pretty much full-time, but it's like, now that it's done, it's like, but it only took three years, and you see the effect that it has on people when you do a screening, the audience shifts. It's the most beautiful thing. It's like that like, that need that I've always had to like want to awaken, or be a part of something that's awakening, and like remind people like like, none of this shit matters. Exactly. Like, look beyond that. Get to know somebody. Like, that. the film does that. Like, I, were, I don't know if I'll <laughs> ever be able to do that again. <laughs> you know? But, like, yeah. it's like... Well,
1: I mean, yeah. you took lessons from it. What were, like, the top yeah. lessons that you took out of this whole process, you think?
0: Constantly be open. And, again, I, like... I think because of... I look... I've, I've always felt... That I was a very open person, but how can I expand that even more? Yeah. And that I'm here for a reason, that each of us are here for a reason and that we should find out what that is. Yeah. And if you know what it is, go hard. And like anyone who knows me and knows like me in this film knows like I, I'm like I'm going hard because it's a little something that that can create change. Exactly. So, um, gratitude. I think like gratitude for this whole experience. It was hard. Um, it was rewarding. It was beautiful. It was a test in so many ways of, you know, who do I think I am to be a part of creating change? Yeah. Um, and then it's like, yeah girl like (laughs) yeah like you know who you are (laughs) exactly why why do you think you're here right so it's like you found it it's like finding that purpose um
1: so it's like giving you all of these tools that you can now move forward for the rest of your life with
0: yeah it was Mm. like the the most incredible blessing and like I look back and like I think of like I I look at I always I really remind myself to lead with love as much as possible I don't know if you see this like that white tattoo on my yes. wrist. Yeah, I can. So I'm left handed and I have um on the inside of my left wrist a white tattoo that says love and it's just like this like constant reminder of like when I reach out to introduce myself, I'm I'm leading with love and I'm giving you love. Um so it's like that constant there's that constant reminder. These lessons that I've learned is just like the importance of community, uh, the importance of my sisters, who's got my back. Like I I always knew, obviously my mom is my ride or die. You know what I mean? Like obviously. But you know, like sometimes like relationships can be complicated. Mm -hmm. I'm a middle child. I'm the only girl, you Mm -hmm. know, but like this was like such a blessing because it really also helped pull out like, like my like, deep love for her and acceptance of that. So it's like, it's so hard to explain, but there was a lot of self-realization in this process. Mm. And it's, I'm like so grateful for all of it. Yeah. For like, especially the hard times. Yeah. Cause I grew a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's,
1: that's, uh. that's the thing about committing to something that you don't entirely know how to do it allow that um that voice in your head that tells you that this could have an impact or this could you know change people's minds or lives or even just having it be cathartic you know going through the motions of it could bring out a lot of emotions that people would rather opt out of feeling and when you lean into that feeling when you're just like no i'm willing to i want to feel it all you uncover all of these things you could have never uncovered had you not decided that it was worth it you know what what's the one message that you would get out to the world if you could
0: does it have to be one no (laughs) no it could
1: be as many as you want
0: love that's it just like i'm such a hippie my favorite book is a return to love by marianne williamson oh my (laughs) god wait did you know that she like do, does lectures here on tuesdays yes yes i haven't month. gone yet oh my, oh my god. god will you, you, have you go, with go me yes. oh my god oh my god oh my god okay oh my god okay. that's why that's that's this oh my god leading with love oh my god that Very reminder good. to lead with love my heart oh, oh my,
1: my god, god. <laughs> <laughs> okay just like a, okay. a brief moment of freak out but that was that was amazing that was yeah. so perfect that was so aligned that That was so aligned. You have no idea. I've been recommending it to so many people. I'm like, please read this book. It's going to change your life. I
0: have gifted that book to so many people. I think I've probably gifted it to like about 40 people. I believe you. It's just like, I read it and like there was a shift. Yeah. And then I told my mom I read it. And she was just like, girl, (laughs) I read that when it came out. You know, and she's already read it. She'd read it and she had um, actually credited the book to having a major shift in her life as well. And that, you know, which ended up actually affecting me and my siblings lives in a positive way. Look at that. Right. So that book, the reminder of choosing love over fear and as terrifying as that is. And as much as you might not want to do that, like life is lighter it's true. when you don't hold when you don't hold that shit, and that yeah. includes like forgiveness yeah. or just like letting it go. There's some like there's some awful things that happen to people, and awful things that have happened to me, and I'm sure awful things that have happened to you, but like not dwelling on that and just like mm, you know, um, so yeah, so I would say that that's like one of the main things. Mm-hmm. Um. always be open and in that connecting with people that are different than you allowing them to speak especially when they're different than you because you're going to learn so much it might not be what you want to hear right but it might be completely different than what you thought or what you assumed we do a lot of assuming yeah we do um but yeah, take that leading with love into those like conversations and connect, awaken your neighbor, awaken yeah. your boss, you know? Yeah. It can be, it can be like a rippling effect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. When love takes over. Yes. <laughs> yes oh my God. Can we start a that. podcast? Like, um, can like you imagine?
1: <laughs> Wait, can you imagine if we did a Course in Miracles podcast? Yes. Would you be down to start studying it with me?
0: Yes. I actually, I actually tried Mm -hmm. to study it. It is, have you tried it? No,
1: I'm actually, my boyfriend's bringing it this weekend, so I haven't opened it, but I know that it's a huge text and that
0: it's really dense. It's really dense, but you will also notice like that slight shift coming when you start doing it. Mm. It's... I would totally do it. And they actually have course. I think they have like a course in miracles, like workshops here in New York, you know, about okay. I would do those workshops too. Me too. Girl. Oh my (laughs) god, This is so exciting.
1: I know this is. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm sure that everybody wants to follow your work and see what you're up to. So, um, are you on social media? And if you are, where can they find you?
0: I'm kind of incognito. Okay. Um, I need to change that, but I am on social media. I'm on Instagram. It's private, but um, I'm learning to be more open about that.
1: (laughs) Well, she'll like check you out and see. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, If she likes you, then you'll get accepted.
0: So no, (laughs) I just like, I'm like, I'm really, I don't, I'm, I'm old and I'm learning how to use these things and just like, but on um, Instagram, it's Geneva and it's just G N E V A. And then Unspoken is also on Instagram, and that's under unspokendoc.com. Um, I have a website, genevapeshka.com. You can find out more about me. You can reach out. And um, I would encourage you to check out, of course, unspokendoc. That's dot com, And you can learn more about the film, the trailers on there, um, if you want to in any way uh, make a donation to our outreach. Again, it's an independent project. Um, feel free if you'd like. You don't have to. Or share it. I think really sharing the project and um, getting it out to as many people as possible would be lovely. We're trying to create change and it's grassroots, you know, it's small. So word of mouth is what is going to help create that change. We're also on Facebook, unspokendoc.com. And um, I would highly, highly, highly encouraged. This is last but not least. This is the most important checking out Emma's blog and her blog is called Emma's hope com, And, um, it's just absolutely beautiful. I do want to add though. Yeah. I know we're wrapping up. I'm just like, Oh, this is really fun. Let's keep talking. Yes. Chat all, all, all night. Yes. Um, we have the wine, like we're, we're good. I know <laughs> this is dangerous. <laughs> the importance of, I know we like touched on it, but during this, like making this film and, and getting to know Emma even more and her family and having the beautiful opportunity to connect with people in the community, um, going to various conferences and meeting people that uh, really push for self-advocacy and understanding the importance of it. It's so important. There are a lot of huge organizations that are very well known, um, but the narrative is not controlled by people with autism. And we have to rethink that, right? This is, I think we were talking earlier, this is like a for me anyways, I think, and I think like, like this is like a community where for some reason we still justify speaking on their behalf. And that has to change. So I encourage you to help support that and help create people um, having their own platform and controlling their own narrative. That's how we will learn. That's how we will connect. That's how we will grow.
1: Absolutely that's what we're missing. Yes. That's what the world needs. That's what the world needs. And you are helping to facilitate that. You, Emma, Julia, Julia.
0: And her, yeah, Emma's mom, and her dad, Richard, her brother, like it's yeah. the community. It's like the ripple effect, right? Yeah. We get yeah. support and energy from everybody. And, and my mama, shout out to Rita Peshko.
1: Yeah, <laughs> hi mom. <laughs> 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 well, thank you so much for, for this. This was amazing. I will make sure to link everything so that everybody can go ahead and check out your work. Thank you. And um, obviously just send you good vibes. Send everybody good vibes so that this spreads as far as it can. Thank you. I hope you all enjoyed that episode Geneva is obviously a fantastic woman so if you would like to f- keep up with her on Instagram you can follow her at gneva and on her website genevapeshka.com thank you all for tuning in and we will chat next week that was this week's episode I really hope you all enjoyed it if there's anything you'd like to chat about send an email to cat at katlantigo.com and I will make sure to get back to you You can keep up with me in between episodes by following cat.lantigua on Instagram and heading to catlantigua.com to opt in to receive my weekly newsletters. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm sending you all lots of love, light, and good vibes. We'll chat next week.